Welcome to Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We have regular tips and updates on those sites, so catch us there. We are therapists who are Christian. I am Caddy Elias. And I am Susan Camacho. And today our topic title is Regulating Your Emotions. Regulate yourself. <laughs> Let's start off right. <laughs> and the purpose of this podcast will, will be a couple fold, um, help people gain some sort of productive locus of control or boundaries on themselves when they experience emotional extremes, which can also affect their mental health, relationships, or circumstances, increase coping with life stressors and losses to help give people a better chance to make healthy choices and improve relationships, to help give people hope, hope is always real, and as always, addressing these vulnerable areas in our mental health and in our spiritual walk. But some things that we are not, Kat? Well, a couple things. This is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat your underlying conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs an assessment on a case-by-case basis for appropriate treatment. Please don't go off of your meds without consulting your therapist, doctor, or your psychiatrist. Second, if you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to your nearest emergency room or dial 911. If you are in crisis, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one 800 273-8255. And lastly, we are not expert theologians, but we do believe the Bible is the ultimate authority. We are Christian, we are therapists, so we, we will be bringing all of who we are and presenting both aspects of ourselves. So Susan, let's jump into emotional regulation. Can you define, how would you define, Mrs. Webster, uh, what is emotional regulation? Well, emotional regulation by definition is the ability to control spontaneous impulsive responses and reacting within a socially appropriate limit or expectation. So then is emotional dysregulation, which refers to emotional responses that are poorly modulated and do not lie within an accepted range of emotional responses. Simplify meaning that the response is not appropriate to the stressor or event. So speaking of simpler Meanings. (laughs) Meanings. <laughs> and, and speaking of the vernacular, so when we talk about emotional regulation, we're talking about pulling yourself from the extremes of emotions back to the middle. Is that correct? Or should I say that with my English accent? Yes, it's basically, I feel like it's a literal translation of regulating your emotions, emotional regulation, and dysregulation is not regulating Not yourself. dissing. So yes, okay. yes, pulling yourself in and controlling yourself. Right. Thank you. <laughs> now, I think the top ways that we see this in real life and in practice would be with depression, hopelessness, anxiety, anger, and I think even sometimes euphoria too. Joy is good, but euphoria is a whole nother level. So if we're talking about emotional responses, Susan, why do you think it's important to have um, appropriate emotional responses? Well, we feel better and can cope better with everyday life. So basically just for peace. So life doesn't dictate how your, well, your well-being, but your well-being dictates your life and your response to it. So we can have healthier relationships. So we can respond better. Thank God. Thank God. Not to get into like also legal entanglement issues like DV when you can't control yourself in those instances. Like DV? What is that? <laughs> Domestic violence. Domestic that's our, violence. That's our therapy speak, right? DV. So I think you're, you're completely right. When we can emotionally regulate ourselves, life is just easier and we don't push people away. That's why it's important, right? Um, when it comes to mental health-wise. Or they don't push you away. Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
emotionally <laughs> or physically. <laughs> Both of those ways exactly. are important, right? And we want to make sure that we're helping people to do whatever they can in hopelessness to avoid suicide, right? And to pull themselves back to a place where they, they feel well, right? Also, when you are able to regulate yourself, you can make better decisions, usually. We all know some decisions that we make when we're in those extremes, right? So we want to be able to make good decisions. And also, just having extreme emotions can be physically tiring. You can have a physical impact to those things. So um, it's not just our emotional well-being, but it's also our physical well-being, right? And I, I really like what you said about um, we want to be able to regulate ourselves so that life doesn't dictate our, how, how we will be, but how we will be will dictate how life goes and our response to it, or well-being anyway. So if we're thinking about spiritual aspects to this, what do you think the Bible says about why it's important to regulate yourself? The Bible says a lot about regulating yourself. It says a lot about like getting along with people. This is part of the reason that we love this podcast is because we wanted to mesh our both worlds and love of therapy and also the Bible because we feel like they go hand in hand. So what does the Bible say? God calls us um, basically to be patient and loving towards one another. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient and bearing one another in love. Now, does it say be patient and loving towards those that are loving towards us? Just check. Just checking. <laughs> that, that I always I tell the clients that that would be easy if everybody responded textbook like like the therapist does, but true. rarely does that happen. True. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, another one is that he calls us to be peaceful and non-conflictual. Um, Romans twelve eighteen says, "Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone." It's not all the time always possible, but at least be amicable and civil Definitely. would be a good start starting yes. place. God calls us to, most importantly, to control ourselves or regulate ourselves. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And one of the other things is that because we're our constant war with ourselves, and so the Bible always talks about these spiritual wars with our flesh and bleeding and beating our flesh into submission. And That's so, right. um, and if we want to go in a psychological realm and really like an id ego conversation, um, really Freud believed that, you know, it's about controlling our primitive impulses. So for him, it was sex and aggression. And so it's always keeping those things down and at bay. So that's super important as well. When it's and out then, of control. Yes. Yeah. And then also to be in harmony with my, in my relationships, obviously you're not going to be in, in harmony with somebody if, you know, you're a constant narration of everything that, that you, everything you think you say, you know, and mm-hmm. there are people of that nature and it's just can be very hurtful. Yeah. So God says a lot about, um, controlling yourself and it's really important to be in line with God's word. In fact, it's um, the spirit of the spirit, right? Exactly. It's the spirit of the spirit, right? To self-control. God is a God of peace. And we are to be like him, right? And also, you know, I was thinking about Second Peter um, 1, 5 through 10. It tells us that for this very reason, make every effort to sub- supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to be effective persons of his kingdom, right? Spreading the word in the right way. and so. We want to be able to regulate ourselves so that we're promoting that in the, in the right way. And then I think also God is sovereign over everything. So nothing happens without his permission. And so I think we have to submit ourselves to the stuff that happens in life sometimes, knowing that 
God has given permission for it, right? To regulate yourself. And I think also, lastly, when you are able to regulate yourself, I think that shows some maturity as a believer. Don't you think so? I mean, if you don't, I mean, if you're going crazy, there might be some, uh, some issues there. You might not be as rooted in that area as, as, as you might think. I mean, maybe even a lack of faith. Yes, the Bible calls, you know, you have to, you eventually have to be on solid food, you know, you can't be on, you can't be a baby all your life. And so yes, it's, it's part of like controlling yeah. yourself and maturing and growing. And so, right. but I do want to ask you, Kat, so then how do I know when the, my response is appropriate? How do I know that? I think that, you know, your, your response is appropriate. One, you are able to rebound within a, in a, within a respectable time frame. So if you just can't pull it back, you might be out of control. And I think that there's, a, there's just a time frame that you can bounce back from. You're allowed certain emotions, you're allowed certain things, but you should be able to, to bounce back. You should be able to continue with your daily activities. You should be able to continue working on the goals you were working at. It may be at a less pace. It may be a little trickier, but you should still be able to continue in life and on the things that you're working on. So you should be able to work. You should be able to go to school if you're a student. Um, you should still be able to parent, even if it's at, you know, not the same productivity, but are at the same rate, but you should still be able to do those things. You should have thriving relationships. That's how you know that your responses are probably somewhat appropriate, unless you're with a whole bunch of codependents around you. But usually having thriving relationships is a good sign. I think when all of your, your thoughts are not negative, I think that's a good sign. So when you have, so maybe you have a couple negative thoughts in there, but you also have some positive thoughts. You're able to, to think about another day. You're able to think about other things. You're able, it doesn't consume you so much that you can't think of anything else. I think those are all signs that your um, responses are appropriate, that you can think of other things. What do you think? How would somebody know that they're being appropriate? I think that when you're con- when your conversations or relationships are a bridge and not a barrier. That's a good one. When things don't escalate, but repair as well. And when you're not instigating or inciting. Also, when you're thinking before you're reacting, that's Mm. how you know as well. When your response is appropriate to the event. That's a huge one. Mm -hmm. So many of our clients have the anger is disproportionate to the event, like a dirty house does not equate you punching the walls and then you having to repair them. <laughs> I wish so you would have told me I- that before. I punched all my walls. <laughs> my kids. Katrina. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. The house is messy. Had to punch a few walls. <laughs> yeah. So when the, you know, when the stressor is appropriate to your reaction. So that's what happens, obviously, with people that can't regulate their emotions right. is that you know, it's not appropriate to whatever, whatever environmental stressor was going on. So would you say, would you say that if you're experiencing everything as a 10 out of 10, or let's even say on a, on a scale from one to 10, one, the least 10, the most, and if everything is a seven, eight, nine, or 10, often that means, or, or almost all the time, you're probably somewhat out of control because something should be a one, something should be a three, right? You might really be dipping into that black and white thinking. It's all or nothing. And in this, okay, in case like, because we have to go to basics, a 10 would be crisis. Like, and for therapists, it's usually like, obviously suicide, ending up in the hospital, like broken limbs, like physical injury. Yes, for us, a 10 is a 10. A 10 is not, I'm mildly sad today because my nail broke. A 10 is a 10. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Or yes, I'm feeling tired. No, no, no. That is not a 10, you know? That's right. Yes. 
So the number has to be appropriate to whatever stressor is going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So Kat, is it so bad to have an inappropriate response? If we're thinking about mental health, I think if it's a short-term thing, I think that's understandable sometimes because no one is perfect, right? So sometimes we do, but if it's a long-term thing, yes, I think it is bad to have inappropriate responses because you will push people away. If they're healthy, you will push people away and you're going to be left without those people that might be very loving. And I think that symptoms impact how we live out our life. Those are things that we feel. You know, if for something to be diagnosable, it has to be significantly impacting our life, right? So if you are consistently having inappropriate responses, you are going to feel it. You're, you, are, you are going to lack peace. I think you have to be careful. You might be hurtful to other people. So yes, I think when you have consistent and appropriate responses, your relationships suffer, you suffer, and it's going to be difficult for you. And there is hope. You can get better. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I know we also want to go over the spiritual stuff too, you know, but I think also you might be sabotaging things. You might miss out on things because you have inappropriate responses. You might get fired. If you are in fear land, maybe you won't ever try something new because you're afraid of how it's going to go for you. And, you know, life is just going to be different for you. And we want you to have inappropriate responses. Do you think it's bad to have inappropriate responses? I have responses? a yes and no. So, so is that a yo you... or is that a <laughs> so? So, yes, you cannot just give in to those, you know, self-gratification things. And no, you just can't, you know, the Bible says you can't give in to the darkness or all of those things because the Bible does call us to be light. The Bible says, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine mm. before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your God in, God in heaven. Amen. And no, and no, because also like, like Kat was saying, there's a spectrum of that because we are sinful creatures. And so we are going to make mistakes from time to time. The Bible also says, you know, the righteous fall like seven times, but they get back up. And so in that there has to be room for error. And because only God is perfect, we are not going to be perfect. And I always tell people in therapy, therapy is not about perfection, because we're never going to get there. As long as we are in these bodies. But we're to strive for perfection. But we are to strive to be better. Right? Yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so in that, like, so for me, it's a yes and no thing. Well, yes, it's inappropriate to, the world would be, like, I always tell my clients, the world would be a very dangerous, even more dangerous place (laughs) if everybody went around, you know, saying everything they thought. You know what I mean? There's already road rage, imagine. Like, so, yeah, like, I just want to kill you. Well, no. Keep, you, you need to keep your internal dialogue internal, like you internal teach the dialogue. children. Yeah. <laughs> keep your inside voice inside. But what if my inside voice is loud? <laughs> That's what we're working on today, folks. That's okay. Silence <laughs> Turn that inner of the lambs. <laughs> Whisper inside. So in that, cat, I mean, that begs a really good question is that shouldn't I have the freedom to express my emotions as I feel them when I feel them? Well, I think there's mental health and there's spiritual health that we can talk about that. So mental health wise, should I have the freedom to express my emotions? What kind of yes and no? I guess the yo thing again, right? So 
you should have the freedom to express your emotions. However, you do need to have some sort of, what do you call it? Like a, some sort of gauge on how you're doing because you're, you expressing yourself so much may, may overextend yourself into somebody else's boundaries. And they have the right also to have boundaries and not to, uh, and to have safety, right? Safety emotionally. <laughs> the what? And not to deal with That's, you. Yeah. They have the right not to deal with you. That's right. <laughs> so, um, and then you want to think about, do you, you know, the Bible tells us, Paul tells us, I can do all things when all good things are good for me. So you want to take that, you want to keep that in consideration. You have the ability to express yourself as much as you want to within legal limits, right? Because there's legal limits for a reason, but within legal limits, however, you may be overextending yourself into somebody else's safety. You may be hurtful and your, those habits you're building up may become character. And I think the Bible tells us we are to die to ourselves. We are to beat our flesh into submission, as you spoke about before. Um, we are to have the fruit of the Spirit. And that to love God is to obey God. That's what, it, that's what Jesus tells us in, in, in the book of John, right? So to obey God means um, to have, be developing godly character, to have those fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And so when it comes spiritually, when it comes to spiritual thoughts, do I have the freedom to express my emotions? Well, you have the freedom to do so, but it's not good. You want to be with God, you know? I mean, there's good and bad aspects about expressing yourself so freely. We've really created a generation of people who really just feel the freedom to say whatever, but it comes with consequences. And I think that they, because they lacked boundaries, they don't understand boundaries and they ha now have trouble regulating themselves. So that same person who wants to express emotions as much as possible also has a lot of trouble bringing themselves back from depression, for example. What do, you, do you think people should have the freedom to express their emotions however they feel? No. As therapists, we know that it, emotions are informations, information about something that I feel, but they're not directions necessarily because emotions are fickle. They, they wane and they weave. So I might be angry in the minute, like with my spouse or the children, but that might not be so in an hour from now. Right. And so within that, when it moves, like you should not be going along with every emotion that you feel because we would be a wreck, a mess if we went if we went through every emotion that we feel at every minute that we feel them. And so, yes, we have to hold back. And the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it but the Lord? And Hello. so in that, like, you know, our our heart is like, you know, sometimes it thinks wrong things. It wants That's to right. do wrong things. And so for me to say it or or react to whatever it's it wants at the moment is not good. Right. It's not good mental health wise, and it's not good lifestyle wise either. And then you fall into that emotional reasoning pit. Maybe we should let them know a little bit about what emotional reasoning is, right? Say, taking whatever you feel as truth. We've really developed a society into taking what you feel as truth. When, what did you just say? The, what does the Bible say? Well, the heart is wicked. Who can understand it? It, it is deceitful, right? Above all, all else. So um, we don't want to just take whatever we feel as truth. And so we don't want to just fully put it out there. And the Bible also says a, in Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to a spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. And that's really, really important. Do you want to be a fool or a wise man? So what are some of the things? Because we always like to do like a treatment corner, like mm -hmm. how to help our listeners in terms of like a cliff notes or a synopsis of what we talk about. So what are some tools to regulating ourselves that we can use some practical tools give me give me your toolbox cat well i'm gonna say 
you in the minute when you are just in that extreme emotion, you're in that zone, it's really hard to think rationally because you're thinking so emotionally. I think give God so many prayers. He does not need a one-hour sermon. He does not need a one-hour prayer. You can just ask for help. Ask God to help you. Help, lift me up, get me out of this, help me in the way that I feel, help me not to lash out. I think many prayers are something that are, are super helpful. Obviously, I'm going to speak about exercise because I love the, I, what exercise does and the, the um, endorphins that it, it provides. And I think that when you're in regular exercise, it's easier to be in control of yourself. Um, of course, we can talk about along that line, um, sublimation, where you can take all those emotions and get it out in some other physical way that is appropriate. You know, exercising, running, whatever it is, to bringing yourself down, kicking up those endorphins, and then um, maybe you could make better decisions. I think you want to educate yourself on what are normal responses. Boundaries are humongous when it comes to um, regulating yourself. You need to know how to set boundaries for yourself and how to set boundaries with other people. And I think that when you're trying to make change, you want to have some sort of accountability. You want to have some sort of, some sort of record system, some sort of uh, support, somebody to help you to monitor, are you getting better? And lastly, remember the bigger picture. Scan out. Remember the bigger picture. Um, what do you think? What might be helpful? Always in my toolbox, I love to include, when we talk about regulation, most therapists will always do distress tolerance, also a DBT technique, really to sit in discomfort. And so I kind of like to use the tool of, and please do not use acute stimuli, like don't use like your worst childhood trauma mm -hmm. as it, but just to learn to have like, you know, maybe like if you have a negative thought about something to learn to sit with it and not do anything right. with it. Don't manipulate the don't manipulate the emotion into something else. Don't let it go somewhere. You just kind of organically allow for the process and you sit in the discomfort of it in order for you to learn to kind of grow. I like to use the dist distress tolerance techniques as well. Also, lots of self-talk is super helpful. Um, last uh, podcast series I talked about like being your best cheerleader spirit fingers cat spirit fingers Susan <laughs> and for the men um, <laughs> oh yo spirit fingers oh my gosh that was masculine <laughs> that was my, my best male very impersonation <laughs> um lots of self-talk um you know asking yourself like is it really gonna matter a year from now that's is right. it really gonna matter like a day from now even mm -hmm. and if it's not like learning to let go I'm also a big proponent of being out in nature. I am in the desert, and so I don't see green, but I like is to go out. Is that still called nature? Is <laughs> I, I like to go out and see non-tan. So being out in nature and seeing the greenery and mm -hmm. all of those things, even taking a drive and right. seeing those things is really super helpful, especially in this pandemic if you're afraid of people. So um, just take a drive and look right. at nature. I think it's super helpful. I was talking to Kat right before this and I kind of like to use a lot of like, you know, just, you know, just to be in your woosah moment, you need to be really super careful. So there is going to be a disclaimer about when you use silence as a technique, not to, if you have ruminating thoughts or like, you know, these pervasive thoughts of like wanting to harm yourself or, or um, self-injurious behaviors, and it, it might not work well for you. But if you have at least some emotional regulation skills where you can tolerate sitting in silence, it's a 
super good tool in the therapeutic toolbox sometimes we use just to sit in silence with the with our clients until they until they say something mm -hmm. and so without in that running silence, away yeah silence is powerful yeah. and so utilizing it there and chat was like oh my god there's silence retreats yes there are silence <laughs> retreats do you pay for <laughs> and, that <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of and you know especially like her and i that you know sometimes like you know we talk to people for a living we the god has gifted us the gift of gab sometimes it's super helpful for us just to be in a squash brain you know like sometimes i just sit here like like nothing like no like i just need veg of all senses and so silence i feel like is a super helpful tool as well what i love about that is that not running away from the stuff that is troublesome we do that all the time yes. we, we see that all the time in borderline personality disorder right but we also see that even when we're not borderline but we, or have the borderline personality disorder, but we have some of those traits. We run away from emotions all the time. And so we lack resiliency because we never pull through it instead of sitting with it and not trying to manipulate things so we don't feel it, but actually just dealing with that and submitting whatever comes up to us, the pain, grief, whatever it is, fear, submitting that to God. Instead of submitting that, we do something to take away that anxiety, that feeling, right? And that leads us into addictions, that leads us into poor behaviors, a lot of different things. But what happens is you never get that treatment of the core stuff. You never get to it because you can never sit in it and you don't grow in resiliency. So if you want to grow in resiliency, you pull through it, you hang in there, you pull through it, the emotion doesn't last forever. And then you realize, hey, I was able to make it. And so next time when something else comes up, you'll know even if it's hard, I know I will be able to make it. And now you've built up resiliency. And right? resiliency is a therapeutic term. It's really... In like cat, I'm going to, I'm going to, I am going to utilize a really, a really rudimentary word, me. but it, all it means is bounce back, yeah. that you have that bounce back. Ability to, to pull through things. And I think we go over very often cognitive distortions, learning how to challenge those, knowing what they are, look those up. It is so helpful. Um, and take every thought captive. If the thoughts that you're having are not helpful, um, you need to decide, are, is this from the Lord? Is this what the Lord says? Or is this not from the Lord? And if it's not from the Lord, do not give it power. Push it away. We've talked about thought stopping before, telling your brain stop, right? And blocking it. Um, I think that's so important. And, and in Philippians, it tells us, right? I believe it's Philippians to, I think it's Philippians 4, to um, meditate on the things that are good and positive. And there's a point to that, right? So if we were thinking about, oh, did you, any other treatment you were thinking about? We have a lot more. We, you know, we can go on for one hour. Yes. But maybe we'll we save can, it for another we'll, podcast. Yes. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You're going to find some more out about us, right? And about what we think, because we can go on for seven hours. We are not good for that silent retreat. <laughs> we're going to get our money back. <laughs> we're going to get kicked out. <laughs> money back. Um, so if we're thinking about takeaways, one thing, Susan, that you want these lovely folks to take away, if they've regulated themselves enough to hear us. If I'm going to have our listeners take away something from it, is that Emotional regulation, like, you know, a series or pattern of inappropriate responses eventually become character. So say, in, for instance, like one lazy moment does not make me a lazy person, but Don't having that to not kids. to go to work and all of the other behaviors or sitting on my mom's couch just playing video games every day, that makes me you lazy. You just hit the heart of so many young folks right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so in that, like, it becomes character. Yeah. And so you can have traits of something. And like Kat was saying, like, it, you know, it's on a gauge, you know, it's on a spectrum. And so you can have a lazy moments, but not be a lazy person. And so with emotional regulation, if you're impulsive, then and you're just like kind of like you know my mom calls them cerillos which in spanish means like you're a little matchstick like that's not good like you're flaming but you said to be the light of the world is it (laughs) (laughs) i know and it's a bad testimony for somebody like there you are like claiming to to like love jesus and you're cutting people off in the parking lot and flipping them off (laughs) that is not a a good representative of christ like you're like i was saying there's they're mature believers you know what i mean you know Mm -hmm. how to control yourself (laughs) control yourself and regulate yourself (laughs) so what do you want their takeaway to be you know i i want you to know that it when you are able to regulate yourself once you pull through the pain, the grief, or whatever it is that keeps you from regulating yourself. Once you know how to do that, once you get in practice of that, you have so much freedom to experience joy and peace in all different kinds of circumstances. All different kinds of circumstances. Your, your joy and peace doesn't have to be dependent upon your circumstances, people, things. You can have it inside of you because it's based on the Lord. Because the, the Lord is our joy. He wants it to be full. And we can have our joy based upon that. So when you're able to regulate yourself, you're just, you just have more space and freedom for peace and joy. So that's what I want you to take away. All right, my dear. So I think we should jump into prayer and let these folks go until next time. Do you mind praying for us? Of course. Thank you. Let, let's begin in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you, God, giving you all honor and all glory, God, thanking you once again for letting Kat and I be the vessels, God. Please help our listeners, Lord, to control themselves, Lord, to learn how to be mature Christians, Lord, how to, how to live their lives to their fullness, Lord Jesus. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.